0: It's the Zero Lives Left podcast episode... Thirty-six. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left Podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you've wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. My name is Wayne. I'm your host on this journey. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the show. As always, if this is your first time coming across the podcast and you've no idea what it's all about, maybe somebody shared you a link on social media, maybe one of your friends said you've got to tune into this podcast, let me give you a quick rundown on how things work around podcasts. Here. Each episode, we bring you no nonsense, real, right to the point podcast banter on business, career, and life. Maybe you're somebody who's always wanted to start a business or get started in a particular career path. This podcast provides you with real and practical tips, advice and strategy that you can apply to help you succeed on your business and life journey covering a range of topics. We'll have something which will help you along on your way. Don't forget the zero lives left podcast website is up and running. Lots of great information over on zero lives left podcast.com previous episodes a little bit more information on our guests links to their websites podcast transcripts All sorts of great information available over on the website. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be launching our first podcasting course. So if you're somebody who wants to start a podcast, get into the business of launching your own podcast. I have created a simple seven-step process in the form of a course that you can take, which will allow you to get your own podcast up and running so stop by the zero lives left podcasting website and check that out as always if there's something you would like me to feature on the show please do get in touch you could drop me an email into studio at zero lives left podcast.com or you can send me a tweet to at zero lives left don't forget, reviews are really important and if you're enjoying the show, please do rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio or indeed whichever platform you are listening to this podcast on today. Reviews are really appreciated and they do help other people find out about the show. Today we've got another packed episode lined up for you. We're chatting to a good friend of mine, Adrian Markey who shares his business journey from music promoter to chartered accountant. Adrian chats about his success in business and why getting to know your clients is key to success. We chat about an area which is really interesting to me we talk about health and wellness in business why it's important to look after your mental health and we talk about cryptocurrencies you've probably heard a lot of talk about cryptocurrencies Bitcoin, blockchain technology. What does all that mean? And how do you go about getting involved in cryptocurrencies? So Adrian's been talking about cryptocurrencies now for some time. He's been helping people with it. So we're going to explore that world today. We're going to give you an introduction to what cryptocurrencies is. Let's not waste any more time and get right in to episode 36 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Adrian Markey is a chartered accountant based in Newry, but you work with businesses right across the UK and Ireland and indeed further afield. Was the accountancy business, Adrian, something you always wanted to get into or how did that journey actually start?
1: It, for a long time, it was something that I actively avoided. I have this memory, of, I think I was 17, and there's a careers fair on in the Abbey. And I went in, remember going into the Assembly Hall and looking around and there was like, an engineer company in one corner and I was like, Oh I might go talk to them. There's lawyers up there. I was like, oh, I must go talk to the lawyers. There was an accountant there and I said, I'm not getting near them. I'm not I just had this perception that it was one of these dull born grey jobs and it does have that perception. It does have that reputation, you know, but I suppose for me it was it was kind of by accident. My when I, when I met my now my, my wife, she was training to be an accountant and at the time I was a, a musician. Full time, and it was around the time of the recession. You could see the pubs getting quieter, and I was struggling to find not struggling to find music, but it was harder to do gigs and get crowds into them. You know,
0: yeah.
1: Um, So I had to find a real job So I just remember asking her, "Well, what's what's a currency like?" She's like, "Yeah, I like it." So it's like, right, I'll I'll give that a go. So it was very, very much by accident. But it was one of those things that I suppose after sort of six months training, and you know, you you get a feel for these things and it was a lot more interesting. I wouldn't still be doing it if it wasn't interesting, but it was certainly a lot more interesting than the perception I had of it. You know, it's not just number crunching, it's really really working hand in hand with businesses and helping them. Bottom line is, is helping them. And getting
0: to know their businesses as well, really yeah. you know what makes it tick, you know, how getting to know them because it's
1: it's okay to know that the business is a coffee shop, but what's the guy or the girl behind it? what do they want like in five years time are they looking to sell this and to try something else or is this a business that's going to be their kids inheritance because the the advice you give in those two scenarios is vastly different if you're setting up a a business to at a later date sell it you go about it a totally different way than one that you're looking to 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 you know incubate and build and, and 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 eventually pass on to children
0: yeah, and it was interesting from your journey in relation to the music. Uh, yeah. You know, you didn't actually start out with the intention of, you know, becoming an accountant. No,
1: no, not at all. I I went from uh, I was a welder at one stage to <laughs> being a, um, to to being a, a full time musician and a music promoter, and then, as I say, I had to had to find a real job, I suppose. But it was it was one of those things that I, when I was eighteen, leaving school, I had no idea. I left. I I'd done a year in Jordanstown of a sociology degree. I think I only went to about six of the classes. You know, it was more a case I went. I went to college to go to college because everyone was going to college, but it it wasn't it wasn't something that grabbed me. So it it took time to find. Like I was twenty three when I was getting into I'm Thirty three now, um, but I suppose it's that thing of you know. I think a lot of people there's a lot of pressure that you have to know at sixteen or at the very latest eighteen what you want to be. It doesn't work like that anymore, I don't think, that you can't you can't see that far ahead.
0: And know? it's great to see professions like accountancy now adapting, changing, yeah. you know, offering people pathways into it. Oh Yeah, big time. I mean, there's a lot of
1: that. Even um, I started out doing uh, a course with Accounting Technicians Ireland, which was a two-year course, and then it set you up for going on to becoming chartered. And they've, I think, recently brought out like an apprenticeship scheme in that as well. You can do it in, in a lot of the technical College. You can do it in Tech, I know, um, but it's it is designed for that that anyone that you know it doesn't really matter what age you are this is something you can get into and if you go on to become a chartered accountant great if you go on to become you know a, a bookkeeper great it's it opens up a lot of different um, pathways that you know it's not just all about being an accountant you can you can you can work within businesses within accounts departments and businesses you can be finance director in industries different things they got there's an awful lot of adaptability to to the profession
0: i think now one of the things i like about you is you're not your typical type of an accountant thank you yeah and that's (laughs) that's a really really a good thing because it can put a lot of businesses off when they think about accountancy what do i need to you know to go to an accountant yeah i have no idea about you know profit and loss balance sheets and all this kind of stuff and the whole industry i suppose has changed over the past couple of years so i really like your sort of Outside the box sort of thinking approach when it comes to accountancy, and you blog regularly over at your on your website uh, adrianmarkey.com, dot com um, about a whole range of interesting topics, which somebody like me who runs a small business finds really really interesting. Can you give our listeners a quick overview on the type of stuff that you blog about? And it's not just accountancy stuff; it's actually you know all sorts of different stuff that impact businesses, both small and large.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of the time I do try to. Um Stay relatively specific to accountancy because if people are coming onto the website that's probably what they like to see it, it, I suppose it gives them a bit of comfort that I know what I'm talking about if they can see an article about capital gains tax and that's what they're you know looking me up for but I mean business is that, it's become so all encompassing that it's not just finance anymore I mean there's an awful lot of talk now and, and rightly so about you know mental health and wellness in businesses um, and you know all these, these facets impact, and I think we're kind of. I think millennials have kind of brought this idea of you know, business being your sort of a representation of your life, and, and, and all those facets sort of come together in it, which I think is great that it's not just buying, selling, numbers, taxes, etc. So, yeah, I suppose I try to cover a lot of different things and, and share my experiences, I suppose, of, of, of building the business as well, because I think people forget what I'm doing still fits the definition of a startup for all of course. and purposes but I suppose people don't think of accountants as being a startup but I, I mean I was going to see same pain points as, as any startup of you know growth scale clients money in etc that every business has so it's I suppose it's good for me this to see it from the other side now but it enhances the type of advice that I can give because I've got that extra experience of it now as well
0: and I think you know, that's really really important I think that's uh, something that you know businesses really respect and really really trust somebody who's actually running their own startup running yeah. their own business and they're not an accountant that maybe works for one of the bigger practices yeah. that maybe doesn't have their finger on the pulse on the challenges and the issues that the small yeah. businesses face. Yeah. and that's the type of stuff that you talk about
1: yeah exactly I mean it's uh, my, the advice I can give is dependent on what I know and what I know about a certain amount of it you can read in books, yeah. a lot of it you can't. Yeah,
0: you got to experience it firsthand. You, you, you got to do. do it. You yeah. gotta, <clears throat> you gotta roll up your sleeves and get stuck in.
1: Yeah, I mean, for for a long time, I suppose a lot of my experience was a shared experience of you know I can advise one client on this because I've dealt with it for an, with another client, and that that's brilliant as well. But I suppose going through it myself now, running your own business, it does give you a greater appreciation of the difficulties. It's not just being able to say, oh, well, that difficulty looks like the difficulty that this guy had, and I can I can the two skill sets are transferable it's once you sort of know it yourself you might have a bit of a better a better insight into it you know and
0: getting to know that business is really really important you had a great post over on your website a uh I think it was last year, or sometime, um, and I recently reread it uh, just before we did this interview. And I wanted to talk about things you've learned over the past twelve months. And I thought that was a great sort of uh, summary that everybody could do, you know, because yeah. we all learned so much over twelve months. And it's actually good to put it down in paper and go. Here are the things that I've learned. Can you pick up on three points uh, from that particular post that you feel are still important and relevant to businesses today? Uh, if I can remember three, <laughs> I think um, I think
1: one of them was. Um and I, I think I've sort of stolen this from from, from Gary Vaynerchuk. If I'm sure some of your, your listeners will be listening to Gary. Uh, how you make your money is more important than how much money you make. Yeah, I love I, that one. I think that's crucial. I think if you're in business to make as much money as you can as quickly as you can, stop right now. Because you might end up rich but no one's going to like you. You know, if you're cutthroat about it, if you're just out for yourself, that does, you you will get caught out sooner or later. I do what I do because I enjoy helping people, because I have a skill set that some people don't have, and I like to bring that to the table. And no one, like I'm doing this 10 years now, and I know for a fact that with good advice, businesses can just become a lot better. And, if they're getting that advice. I'm not I don't want to take credit for anyone's growth, but I know I can point to businesses to say I I'm, I'm really proud of being able to have helped that guy. And that's the reason I do it. And the money comes after. Me. It's one of those things that if you if you come at it from approach that you're just there to be the the best professional that you can be, the money kind of comes. But if you go after it for the money, you might get it in the short term, but in the long term, like are you going to be happy? Yeah, yeah. Are your clients going to have, you know, glowing reviews about you? I, I don't Think so. So I think definitely doing doing things for the right reasons is crucial.
0: Yeah, really, really important. The money's always secondary.
1: Yeah, tertiary. Yeah,
0: you yeah. know, it's
1: it is. It's definitely further down the line for me.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. And Gary Vinerchuk talks a lot about that. I yeah. mean, you know, I I listen to Gary Vinerchuk. Uh, great stuff. Lots of great information. But it's really looking at your business from a different way yeah. and looking at it from a different angle. And I think you're, I think you're right. Many people get into business because they they focus maybe solely on the money. Um, and there are so many other things to think about um, in relation to wanting to start that business. Maybe it's for a, a better work-life balance. Yeah. Maybe it's to spend more time with the family. Yeah. Uh, and I think all of these things are really, really important. And I yeah. think these are things that money can't buy.
1: Yeah, and that, again, that goes back to what I was saying before about you know, understanding the people behind the business. Because you know I, I had a client come to me recently looking to, to sell a business because of a work-life balance and wanting to spend more time with kids and things like that. And we actually looked at a way of of restructuring the business so that they didn't have to, you know, sell a business and take on a part-time job, that they could actually outsource different facets of the business and get the time back, still make relatively the same amount of money, but be happier. Yeah. And that's you know that's that makes me happy. I'm yeah, very and it happy. is. It is
0: important to be happy in business. There's no point in doing it if you're not happy. Absolutely. If you're miserable. Absolutely. If you're depressed all the time. No,
1: I wouldn't. I mean, I would not do this if, if i didn't enjoy it yeah i and couldn't
0: you mentioned the whole health and well-being aspect yeah. now in business is really really important yeah. and you know having you know somebody there who's got experience in accountancy i know myself that that that, that that's a big pressure for many businesses yeah. particularly you know maybe they get a letter through the post from hmrc yeah. maybe they haven't filed their taxes on time yeah. all of this sort of stuff can be very 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 you know overwhelming for yeah. some people so that's why it's important to be getting the right advice
1: Absolutely, and I mean, even then, the right advice can certainly help dig people out of holes. But business is one of those things that sometimes it gets on top of people. Like I've I've had former colleagues and I've had former clients that have have committed suicide. Yeah, like the things just got that bad for them. Um, one thing after another, after another, just got in on top of them, and that's what we're dealing with. And, and I suppose I have to be conscious of it that you know. I could be sitting across from a client who has maybe gone through a hard time but on the on the surface is happy and shiny but it mightn't be the case under the surface yeah. so it's always it's maybe not a great way to look at it but I suppose I always have it in my head that what can I do to, to, to ease the burden because I definitely don't want to get that phone call again about hearing about someone that's that I've known or that I've done work with that, that something's happened to them or it's a, it's a, it can be difficult and I think if, if if anyone ever needs help with their business, go and ask for it. Yeah. So you know, if anyone's really in, in in trouble, and I don't think there's a a human being that would turn you away. You know, I sir, if somebody rang me and needed help with someone and they're really in dire straits, like I'm there. Yeah. Do you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, uh, no matter what, like I don't I don't care if they can't ever pay me. I'd,
0: I would rather I would rather help someone
1: for free than they didn't get the help they needed. It'll always
0: come back around. It will always or later always and, and come even back if around, it, even yeah. if
1: it doesn't so what yeah it's good I mean yeah it is it's definitely and I think it goes a long long way absolutely especially in especially in Northern Ireland because we are a tiny wee country and it is very parochial and you know everyone sort of knows like I I was telling you the story before this that I went over to London and was talking to someone that that knew someone from Northern Ireland and it was kind of you know it's strange how we kind of infest these foreign lands and kind of end up knowing everyone there but I mean Northern Ireland And again, it goes back to if you're doing things for the wrong reasons, it gets around. But likewise, if you're doing things for the right reasons, people tell other people.
0: Yeah, so anybody listening to the podcast, maybe going through a difficult time in your business, you know, you're you're not alone and there's always help available. I I know it can be very daunting. It can be a very lonely experience as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur. Starting out for the first time, maybe you're working from your house to your kitchen table. You don't have a support network around you. What I've always found, it's really important to get out and network with people. Go and meet people for a coffee. Touch base with Adrian, you know, grab yeah. a coffee, sit down, have a chat. You never know where it can lead. You never know how much it can help yeah. your
1: business or your organisation. And even now, like, with, with social media, you don't even have to... If you're not one of these people that likes to quirk and go to these awkward networking events, like, there's loads of things out there. There's a brilliant group, actually, at the minute on Facebook called Bismarang that if you're part of a local business, you can join there. And, like, there's no, there's no trolls. There's no... Everyone's there to help everyone. So if you go on and you have a question about something... You'll find someone there that can give you an answer, will offer to meet you for a coffee. I think it's, it's actually really a really great resource just to, to even have a look down through some of the comments on.
0: And that's the great thing about social media. It allows people that outlet. It allows people to network in sort of real time and build connections right across the world. Something which a lot of people, and just to sort of move to the next section, and this is something we've been talking about quite a number of times when we've had coffee and different things. And something that I've really started to get a little bit of interest over the past couple of years due to my interest really in technology is the whole world of cryptocurrency Mm. and I know when I looked at this and we talked about this before I looked at this a couple of years ago and it was absolutely a minefield I you know didn't understand anything about it there was a lot of different blogs that were out there and I was trying to really understand the whole idea of cryptocurrency what it was but also really how to get involved in it if Mm. you know if if that was an opportunity because you know it's one of these new digital currencies I suppose that more and more people are starting to look into can you give me in a little user-friendly jargon-free way because I know you're going to be better better at this than me. What exactly is cryptocurrency?
1: It's one of these things that I'm, I'm doing a lot of work with at the minute, especially in terms of the taxation of it, but it's one of these things that as, as much exposure as I have to it, I, I probably still only understand less than 1% of, of what's going on. Cryptocurrency, I mean, if you, if you step back from a the moment, there's a couple of different things. There's, there's digital currency. So if you think of digital currency as being a digital representation of money, you open your bank and on your phone, that's a digital representation of your money there on the screen. Cryptocurrency tries to tokenize it and uses crypto cryptographic keys, make it secure so I mean the one that everybody knows about is Bitcoin and Bitcoin was kind of invented to to show how money could be so it's um, it's decentralized as in it doesn't need a central bank to issue this currency it's created by computer algorithms and, and, and miners throughout the world and it's incredibly it's it's built on an incredibly secure platform uh, of technology called blockchain which people would have heard being bandied about quite a lot essentially what blockchain does it's it's it's, as it sounds it's blocks of transactions in a chain uh, and that chain is linked by cryptographic keys so i suppose put very simply if someone wanted to hack a blockchain they might be able to do it once like for one transaction but each transaction because they're linked um sooner or later they would need to they would just need an incredible amount of computing power to do it on on a long term on a long term basis because effectively if like on a blockchain, you can it can fork off into different directions, but the cryptographic keys because they're so secure, um,
0: it's difficult. And it this is, is the difficult. thing, and this is why, yeah. you know. When we discuss this, you know, it's really getting your head around how the whole thing works. Yeah,
1: there's, I mean, there's some great videos out there that kind of explain it better than I'll explain it. But the, the nature of the keys, the there's a public key and a private key and the public key of one transaction becomes the private key of the next transaction and and they're dependent on each other so that's why it's in a chain i suppose at a very very basic level cryptocurrency is someone described it actually very well said that if you were if you were going to invent money today if money had never existed up until this point and you had invented today with this technology that we have today this is probably what you would do this is probably the way you do it. Why would you, why would you print off paper and create these, you know, physical coins? You would do it in this way because here's something that's very secure, um, you know, very adaptable. And, and it brings such social inclusion into finance because literally all you need to do, like there's billions of people throughout the world can't get a bank account but they can get a phone. And if they have a phone, they could be part of cryptocurrency and blockchains and and whatever. And they can then become part of a financial ecosystem.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good way to explain it. That's a good way to look at it, actually.
1: That's the the ethos behind it, really. That that, that, that is.
0: Because it can be a head melt when people start to look into this sort of stuff when you Google it. There's a lot of information out there. What are some of the types of cryptocurrency? I mean, we hear things like Bitcoin. You mentioned Bitcoin right there. That's only one, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: there's there's a few thousand out there and there's more coming to the market every day. They kind of come into two categories if you like so you have your traditional sort of cryptocurrencies that the idea of them is that they're a currency they're, they're a store of value um, which is all currency really is you have a £10 note and it's holding value and then you exchange that for something else with a similar value so we have things like Bitcoin Litecoin that Bit, go down that line that are trying to become a currency of sorts but the majority of things are actually what, what we would call uh, utility tokens or altcoins people call them and these are building on the idea of Bitcoin that it's it's tokenized that you have a you know a unit within this blockchain that represents something. People are using these tokens within businesses. So, for an example, there's a there's a company down in Cork. They're, they're a coffee company, and what they're do they've they've basically used they're using blockchain as of their supply chain management. So how that works for them is at every stage in the supply chain, tokens are issued to each participant. So you have the, the farmers that grow the beans, you have the guys that transport from the farmer to the factory, uh, from the, the, the roasters then into the packaging. From so the like packaging the, different, the retailer.
0: different parts of the supply chain.
1: Exactly. And because of the, the way the blockchain works and the, the cryptographic keys and things like that, it, it does two things. It tracks exactly where a batch of beans are at any point in time but it's also the coins are distributed as a representation of what every participant in the supply chain is getting paid. So if you think back to, you know... So maybe 15, more transparent? Exactly. If you think back sort of 15 years ago when, when when Chris Martin was talking about fair trade, you know, farmers are getting ripped off. What this does is here's an open, transparent way of showing exactly what cut everybody's getting. So everybody along the supply chain can, can rest easy knowing that the farmer is getting X amount, the distributor is getting X amount, the retailers getting X amount. And it's it's just a it's a more open and transparent way of of, of operating
0: their business. Now, we hear other sort of terms banted about the place, Adrian, when it comes to cryptocurrencies. You touched on blockchain there in relation to how that's working from the coffee manufacturer, coffee bean sort of an example. I think that's really, really good because it shows transparency across the complete transaction, if that's the right. And everybody sees what they're getting at each point in the transaction and nobody thinks they've been done out of anything, exactly. which is good. Other things that I sort of come across whenever I was looking into the the whole research of cryptocurrencies is something called a wallet. I mean, what is a wallet? The thing I understand a wallet thing that I have in my pocket that I've got cash in it and when I go to buy something I take my wallet out and I pay for it yeah
1: it, it, I mean in terms of cryptocurrency it's the exact same idea it's just somewhere where you keep your coins oh, okay so if you've now, so it's a
0: virtual wallet in a it's, sense. it's a virtual
1: wallet pretty much it just depends certain wallets are compatible with certain types of coins so very often you'll have five because that one will store bitcoin and that one will store litecoin and then there's a whole class of, of, of coins built in the ethereum network ERC 20, I think there is the, the format sort of of them, um, and there's wallets then that'll store all those types of coins, so it's uh, literally all is, and yet each, each wallet has an address, so if I want to send a uh, Bitcoin to you, I just need your address and then I can send it. Likewise, if you give that address to anybody else, anyone can go on and look at all the transactions in and out of your wallet, because blockchain is built on this sort of open transparent idea that everything's traceable. Now, whilst it's anonymous, I suppose, to a certain extent, that if um you know, your your wallet address doesn't say Wayne Denner at wallet. It's it's just a code. But anyone can check out any wallet and see what's in it, what's gone in and out of it, just might know the person behind that
0: wallet. And the interesting thing about cryptocurrencies in this type of digital transaction. Let's call it a digital transaction. People are already making digital transactions through their banks currently. I mean, they're not physically drawing out the cash, but they might be paying this guy and that guy, and that's almost like a digital transaction.
1: Yeah. I mean, essentially what's happening there is, and this is, again, what Bitcoin and all these, a lot of these cryptocurrencies are trying to solve, is Bitcoin, use Bitcoin as an example, Bitcoin is basically decentralized. So if you think about, if you want to send money to a bank in China. You have to instruct your bank. They'll instruct maybe two or three others along the chain before it gets to China, and then China has to to then send it on to the the recipient there. What you're doing there is essentially trusting that your bank and every bank in between you and the person you're trying to give the money to is going to do what they're supposed to do. And for a a lot of the big problems with finance well is time. It can take a week that money to get its final destination so what bitcoin will do
0: which is crazy given the fact that
1: like it's it's 2018
0: yeah you know can send an email there in like a couple of seconds exactly
1: exactly so what, what what bitcoin does is rather than trusting the banks it trusts it uses the cryptographic keys to trust a decentralized network so everybody on the network basically knows that there's transactions happen underneath this transaction is a puzzle for want of a better word and the computers on this network basically commit their processing power to solving this puzzle. And when one person solves it, they basically put their hand up and say, I, I know the answer. Here it is. They get 51% of the other computers in the network to verify it. And the 51% of people say, yep, that's the transaction. That's where that transaction is going from and to and how much it's for. It posts it on the blockchain and it becomes part of the permanent ledger. And that transaction's done, and it's usually about 10 minutes.
0: It's going to be really, really interesting to see how this develops over the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I think that we're starting to see uh, businesses now accepting, uh, or we're starting to see individuals accepting at least uh, payment in yeah. cryptocurrencies. Yeah, I've done it myself. Yeah, so it's interesting to see now that this is starting to become a little bit more mainstream than whenever I looked at it a couple of years ago. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you look at something like Ripple, Ripple's another, um, it's, it's, it's a cryptocurrency, but it's also a company developing blockchain. Ripple are, are working on a lot of projects with major banks around the world. And essentially what Ripple does is that exact example of sending the money to China, except Ripple does it in four seconds. Wow. And it's, it's just done and dusted. And it's it's using this uh, the, the blockchain technology to just facilitate that. So banks, this is definitely on banks' radar, because if, if you're going to cut the banks out of this, the banks are going to lose out. And the banks will want that. So they're going to try and integrate it within their... Own processes that they have at the minute. Albeit the other argument to that is that well, the the great thing about Bitcoin and all these these cryptocurrencies is that it's decentralised. That we don't have to trust banks. So if banks take blockchain into the bank, what are we gaining? Mm-hmm. Speed. cheaper transactions yes but for a lot of people the the banks are the problem in the money system that's ongoing at the minute
0: and that's something we're going to discuss a little bit more in an upcoming episode on the podcast because I want to delve a little bit more into cryptocurrencies because I think it's fascinating I think more and more people are starting to explore it they're starting to be interested in it but as I mentioned at the start of this it's a a minefield and people need to be thinking about it now this also leads on to one other thing that people need to be thinking about when they're getting involved in the whole cryptocurrency end of things it's HMRC's involvement in taxation and that's something that people need to think about. Now, as I understand from a blog article that, that you wrote, HMRC first set out their stance on cryptocurrencies back in March 2014. Yeah. So quite some time ago. This, yeah. isn't, this isn't recent. Uh, with the publication of Revenue and Customs Brief 2014, version 9, I think. Yeah, um,
1: 9, yeah.
0: Yeah. Have there been any further developments? And I, I know this is going to be difficult to sort of sum up, but... In a sort of an overview, what have been the developments from the taxation point of view here in the UK? In terms of,
1: of publicly published guidance, nothing. HMR, well, correct that, David. David, one uh, page entered in under the Capital Gains Tax Manual, which basically says that cryptocurrencies are probably going to be taxable under Capital Gains if people are buying and selling them and they appreciate in value in between buying and selling them. HMRC have been very, very non committal. cryptocurrencies i think part of that is they want to see how it plays out to see is it is it worth bringing in proper guidance here they've offered some guidance over the phone and a couple of letters that that i've sent them and, and you get a feel for what they're doing they're essentially what they're doing is they're borrowing on other parts of the tax system and applying it to cryptocurrency now it's not great it's it's cumbersome using other parts of the tax system and applying it to a different type of asset with you know there's some subtle nuances between cryptocurrency and other assets there's some stark contrasts and it doesn't always suit but it, it's what we have at the minute for the most part if you're, if you're buying and selling cryptocurrency you're going to be liable to capital gains tax if you are mining which is being part of the network that verifies the transactions something like that is probably going to fall under income tax but again HMRC have been very non-committal it's, HMRC's stance has almost been everything will be dealt with on a case by case basis and they keep saying this is self-assessment. You decide how to treat it, and we'll tell you if you're wrong. Okay. That's that's what we're dealing with. So
0: if people want any more information on this, they can reach out to you. I know you've been yeah, blogging absolutely. about this over on adrianmarkey.com. I think people can stop by there, check out some of your posts on that. Yeah. Um, you've a couple of articles up there, but I do recommend that people do reach out and get a little bit more information on it, particularly if they're trading, they're buying and selling these.
1: Well, if, the, if they're buying and selling them, it's investing. It's In- investing, okay. Technically,
0: because if you're trading, it's
1: going to be income tax, which... If you make a lot of money and you're deemed to be under income tax, you're going to be talking about 45% tax and yeah. really be hit there. Whereas capital gains is sort of 10 or 20%. HMRC's default position on this is it's going to be capital gains tax for the vast majority of people.
0: So it's definitely worth people reaching out and getting a little bit more information, keep themselves on the right side of yeah, Exactly, of HMRC. exactly, yeah. yeah. All right, listen, before we finish up, Adrian, I want to just sort of wrap up with, um, you know, simple three tips that you can share with um, businesses entrepreneurs solopreneurs you know what would be your sort of three tips for businesses in 2018 to be thinking about and actioning
1: I think we've, we've probably I, I sort of stand by a lot of my principles I think you know this whole idea of being in business for the right reasons yeah. I definitely think that's something you need to look at I would also say being an entrepreneur is one of those things where from the outside looking in it looks brilliant. You know, it's great. You own your own business. You can do what you like, but it's hard. It's I mean, hard. It's work. really hard. You know, and I, I suppose I never really had dealing with entrepreneurs. You kind of see their the difficulty that they've had. But when you're doing it yourself, you, you realize like it's it's literally a case of putting in as many hours as you can. But second to that, you have to be you have to be good. You know, you have to be good at what you're doing. And I think there's maybe some people that like the idea of being an entrepreneur and, and going down that line. Do you have the commitment and do you have the ability? Two things that you
0: need yeah and that's really really important you know, I think that's a good one to sum up with do you have the ability do you have the commitment and are you doing it for yeah. the right reason and it, it
1: takes both those things you can be as determined as you like but if you want to open a coffee shop and you don't know how to pull a coffee pull an espresso shot it's not going to work out so you can some things you can get better at that's fine do that but I mean yeah do, don't do it just because it looks cool. Do it because you want to do it for the rest
0: of your life. Yeah, I love that. Now, how can people get in touch with you? How can they find out more information? If somebody's listening into the podcast today, they want to have a conversation about financial planning, tax planning, all of those kinds of things yeah. that maybe you do. Maybe you don't do financial planning. Maybe that's the no, wrong thing. No. You don't do financial planning. but <laughs> not, not licensed. <laughs> <laughs> not licensed at the moment. But other stuff in relation to helping their business really get, you know, all the things that they need to get in the role really for keeping themselves. Yeah. Keeping themselves right?
1: Uh, everywhere website is adrianmarkey.com. I mean, if you type in Adrian Markey into Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, Snapchat, Telegram You're everywhere uh, I'm pretty much everywhere You really are everywhere It seems to be Telegram in particular has become uh, busy at the minute because a lot of people involved in cryptocurrency use Telegram a lot Yeah, big time So it's uh, I swear I am there but it's, it's actually quite a cool wee platform
0: It is and I would recommend people check out your website I mean if you're a small business you're an entrepreneur you're a solopreneur there's a lot of great information available over on com on the blog I love it it's great and you're active on social media LinkedIn like you say yeah. all of these platforms you're there so definitely it does no harm for people to reach out to yeah. If they want to have a coffee, uh, you're more than happy to sit down, have yeah, a look at their absolutely. business, and see how you can help them. Yeah.
1: I think one of the fears people have with accountants is, oh they build by the hour. So I'm going to meet them for a coffee. If I'm there for half an hour, it's going to cost. I don't. I don't build by the hour. I. I, I do like upfront. and before I do anything for you you'll know how much it's going to cost so I'll meet anyone for a coffee for free I'll even buy the coffee
0: Awesome Adrian Markey thanks for taking time out to join me on episode 36 of the Zero Lives Left podcast Thank you I hope you enjoyed that interview with Adrian Markey and I don't know about you but that was a pretty awesome episode not that all of our other episodes haven't been awesome Well, we covered a lot of ground in today's episode of the podcast. We talked about Adrian's transition from one industry to another industry to become that chartered accountant. We talked about the importance of mental health and wellness in business and why you want to start a business for the right reasons why it's not all about making money and if you're interested solely in making money then being in business is probably not the best idea. We talked about the aspect of looking after yourself and why it's important to Surround yourself with other like-minded people. Network, get yourself out there, meet people for coffee. The importance and how lonely it can be when you are a small business owner, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a solopreneur. And I echo everything that Adrian mentioned in episode 36 of the podcast. It is so important to put yourself out there. It is so important to meet like-minded people. It is so important that if you find yourself in a situation where you are struggling, and I have been there. It's difficult running a business, it's lonely, it's hard, it's difficult to keep on top of things, but it's important that if you find yourself in a situation where you're struggling, reach out, ask for help. There is always like-minded entrepreneurs, people out there who are willing to give you a hand and lend some support through that difficult time. We talked about cryptocurrencies, our introduction to what cryptocurrencies are, the sort of, I suppose, the benefit of using cryptocurrencies and also the potential that might exist with these digital currencies. We also talked about, you know, the example of how the blockchain technology works and also where this is all going and you know some of the things that people need to be aware of from a taxation point of view, uh, from a HMRC point of view, that if you are considering getting involved in cryptocurrencies, buying crypto coins, cryptocurrencies, the things that you need to think about from a taxation point of view. And again, I'm no expert in cryptocurrencies. This is something that I'm exploring, I'm interested in. I'm really interested in the technology side of all of this. I think it's fascinating, but it is important to get the right advice And it is important to get professional um, advice if you're considering getting involved in cryptocurrencies. And Adrian's certainly uh, one person that you should definitely have a conversation with. So lots of great takeaways in episode 36 of the podcast. I want to thank Adrian for coming on and sharing his insights to the things that he's been involved in uh, over the past 10, 10 years while running his particular business. We're going to have him back on the podcast in the very near future. We're going to talk a little bit more about cryptocurrencies and delve a little bit deeper into that world. As always, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the show. If you have, please do remember to rate and review the podcast. That is really, really important to us. So if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, please make sure you leave a quick review of the podcast. That is really, really appreciated it, and it does help other people find out about the show if there's somebody you would like me to chat to for an upcoming episode of the show I would love to hear from you please do drop me an email into studio at zero lives left Podcast.com. Make sure you stop by the new website, which is now available Zero Lives Left Podcast.com. Lots of great information available over there. Previous episodes. You'll have some information on the upcoming podcasting course that I mentioned at the top of the show. We're going to be coming back very soon with episode 37 of the Zero Lives Left podcast podcast thanks for listening to the zero lives left podcast with wayne denner make sure to check out wayne's new book the student's guide to an epic online reputation available from waynedenner.com, and follow him on twitter at wayne denner. tune in next time